What's up, Central? want to welcome you online. Thank you so much for taking time to connect with us today. want to say good morning to our Crescent campus. It's great to be with you guys today. Hey, if you have a Bible, John chapter 20 is where we're going today. Um, we're in week number three of a series called Recalculating. And this series is all about what to do when plans change. Uh, quick review, week number one, we talked about no matter the circumstances, um, no matter what we're going through, no matter what happens, no matter how, how, how much the plans in our lives change, that God is still God and God is still good. And I told you um, that God loves you. God's always with you, and God has greater plans for you than you have for you. And, and we talked about how that's hard to embrace as plans change, and, and we've really kind of spent the past couple of weeks building on that statement. Um, last week, we talked about storms, and we talked about how all of us have either been in a storm or currently in a storm, or a storm is coming. And we talked about what happens to us in the storm. And again, we went back to the fact that that. God loves us, even in the midst of the storm. In the midst of the storm, God has never left us. He has never forsaken us because he's always loved us. And, 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 and he uses the storm many times to get us from, from where we are to where he wants us to be because his plans are greater than our plans. This week, um, I was thinking about this as I was watching TV. Uh, we watched this TV show at our house called Dude, You're Screwed. And I know it sounds really bad, but, but that's what it's called. Um, it's about these guys, they're friends, and, and they go out, and, and they're like ex-Navy SEALs and Army Rangers and survivalists and stuff like that. Um, they go out, they abduct each other, um, and they, they take someone, and they take them to this like remote part of the earth, and they leave them there. And they have like 100 hours to find civilization. It's like, this guy will be at work, or this guy is out fishing, or, or this guy is camping, or whatever, and, and they just interrupt their plans. They go on these like little missions it's kind of funny and cool and, and, and they kidnap them and they take them somewhere and and they just drop them and they have no clue where they're at they're just 100 hours figured out just 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 left there now these guys go back and they're watching on monitors and and they're you know checking heart rates and it's tv it's reality tv and so i mean it's it, it it's crazy though to think about it and, and i was thinking that, that that's kind of similar to us and, and God, and, and how like when our plans change, when, when our plans change, it's usually we're in the middle of something that, that we're enjoying or, or things seem to be going okay or things seem to be just kind of clicking along and all of a sudden the bottom falls out. And when the bottom falls out, man, that's when we get confused and frustrated and, and, and we can feel all alone, right? We can feel like God just in that moment just, abandon us and and, and I and I feel like like maybe there's there's a lot of people watching right now and you might not admit it but hopefully by the by the end of the message you'll admit it that you're not really sure that that God is on board with you right or 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 maybe maybe God just has fun <laughs> interrupting your plans because you feel like like God doesn't even really know you or or he doesn't really know what you're going through because if if he, if he did or if he really does, then, then he really doesn't care very much. It's like he's in heaven going, <laughs> dude, you're screwed. Like, like they're probably, seriously, 
there are probably some people watching, and you're like, like, like you've prayed. Have you ever, you ever thrown up like the Hail Mary prayer? Dear God, please help me. I don't know what I'm doing here. I have no idea where I'm at. I have no idea what's going on in life. And, and, and you feel like God is in heaven, like standing just like on the edge, looking over or watching a TV monitor going, hope he makes it. Hope she can find her way out in the next hundred hours. Do, do, do you ever feel like that? Do you, do, do you ever feel like he, he's, he's, he, that you're like, Like he's not really sure who you are, and he's not really sure what you're going through. Because again, if he knew who you were, and he knew what you were going through, then you might not be going through what you're going through. Like, 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 like th- th- there's another part of us that think that maybe God is, is mad at us, right? And, and that maybe he's standing at the edge of heaven. He's just waiting for us to make a mistake and, 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 and do something wrong. And, and make no mistake about it. All of us do something wrong because all of us have something wrong in our lives. But we, but we feel like he's going to yell at us. We feel like he's mad at us and, and he's angry with us. And, and then I come up here and I say, hey, God loves you. He's always with you. And he's got greater plans for you. But it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like that because we feel more like he's very unaware of us. Or he's yelling at us or he's just flat out abandoned us. And so John chapter 20 tells an amazing story about how the grace of God gets us back on track. When we feel like we've been abandoned, when we feel like we've been left alone, when we feel like God doesn't care, when we feel like we're in the midst of just dealing with everything all by ourselves, well, grace comes in and gets us back to where we need to be. And we're going to look at it today, and I've got about three points that I want to hit if you want to write these down. Um, The first one, number one, is that grace covers us in our unbelief. When we're going through tough times, when we're struggling with God loves us, is always with us, and he's got greater plans for us, that the grace of God, it covers us in those tough times. It covers us in our unbelief. If you've ever had a problem believing in the promises of God or in the goodness of God or in the plans of God, the good news today is that grace, grace covers us even when we're having a hard time believing. Look at this. John chapter 20 verse 1 says this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. That's John. All right, John writes that about himself. The one Jesus loved and said, they, 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 they. That's huge. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put them. Now, if if you've read the Bible, and, and Mary hasn't read the Bible at this point because it was still being written. If you've ever heard this story, um, you understand what is going on. Um, Jesus started his ministry when he was like 30 years old. And the first two and a half years of his ministry were awesome. He's like feeding crowds and healing people and walking on water and changing water to wine. It was amazing. But at the end of his ministry, towards the end, Jesus sat down with like his closest followers. And on five separate occasions, he told them, hey, listen, I know you guys have all of these plans for us. I know you got big plans. I know you think that we're going to do all of these things. But here's the deal. Let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going to go to Jerusalem. They're going to put me on trial. They're going to beat me. They're going to crucify me. They're literally going to kill me. But three days later, I'm going to come back to life. Now, he didn't just tell them not once, not twice, not three times, not even four times, but five times. Five times he told them. 
if Jesus says something five times, it's important, yes or no? Yes. If he tells you something five times, you're probably going to believe it, right? If he says something five times, you're probably going to pay attention, right? At least we should. Let's put this in a modern-day illustration. Let's say today that I decide that I'm going to come to your house next week to watch Monday Night Football. All right, you didn't invite me. I just, I just want to come. I just want to come to your house, and we're going to watch Monday Night Football together. And so let's say I told you after church today, I said, hey, next Monday at 7 o'clock, I'm going to come to your house for kickoff. And you went, okay. And then on Tuesday, I send you an email. And I say, hey, 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 remember Monday, the 19th, 7 o'clock, I'm going to be at your house for Monday night football. And on Wednesday, I called you and said, hey, just want to make sure that you're cool for Monday night football. And you went, yeah, 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 cool, man, can't wait to see you. And then on Friday, I sent you a text message, just be like the fourth time. And, and, and I'm like, hey, really excited about coming to your house next Monday at 7 o'clock. And then Sunday, I told you again after church, hey, see you tomorrow at 7 o'clock, really excited. And you're like, yeah, me too. Then at 7 o'clock the next night, I knock on your door, and you open up the door, and you go, what you doing here, pastor? I'm like, I'm going to come to the conclusion that you did not take me seriously because I told you, not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, but five times, I'm coming to your house to watch Monday Night Football. Well, that's how it was with the disciples. Jesus told them five times. Everybody knew. He told them all, I'm going to be crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. He told them that five times separate times so let me ask you this question and this is not this is not a trick question can we accurately say that mary doubted the word of god yes or no yes did mary doubt the plans of god yes or no yes mary and peter and john doubted the word of god and the plans of god now i I say this all the time but let's not be too hard on them because we're always like I can't believe they doubted. I just, I just can't believe. I mean, it's the Savior of the world, Jesus the Messiah. I mean, I, I, how did, that was Jesus telling them. How did they doubt? All right, let's pretend for a friend that we got a, we got a, uh, pretend for a second that we got a friend named Frank. All right. Now this is just if you're if you're watching, your name is Frank. This is pretend. All right. This is this is not you. But let's pretend that Frank is in a car accident. He dies. Like it, it, it's tragic. We go to Frank's funeral, and we see Frank in the coffin. We see Frank buried, and we're like, like we stay there, and we, and we see him, like all the way, dirt cover him all the way, we see him buried. And then three days later, we're hanging out at, I don't know, Board Narrows, and one of our friends walks in and says, hey, I was just over at Wilkie's buying a new shirt, and Frank came in. Now, none of us, none of us, none of us would go, whoo that's the greatest miracle in the world. We would go, hey, we got to get you checked into rehab because apparently you're smoking the meth again, right? But none of us, none of us would believe it. And, and so, so they, the disciples, those closest to Jesus, had a hard time believing the word of God. Don't, they had a hard time believing the plans of God. Don't miss this because of the circumstances they were in. That's why they had a difficult time. Now, have you ever had a hard time believing in the goodness and the love of God, the plans of God in the middle of tough circumstances? 
Now, that's not a safe question to ask in church because most church people are like, I have never doubted the faithfulness of God. <laughs> You're a liar because we all have, every one of us. And, and you know what? You know what? If, if you haven't, listen, listen, I shouldn't say you're a liar because if you haven't doubted, just live long enough. Just live long enough, and there will be a time where you doubt God's word and you will doubt God's plans. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying it's okay. I'm just saying we all do it. The first time for me, like honestly, the first time that I can ever remember doubting God's words and, and God's plan is when my mother-in-law died. Like, like you, you want to doubt God's love? You, you want to doubt God's word? You want to doubt God's plans? Let somebody close to you die. Everybody watching knows what I'm talking about, right? You let somebody die that you're close to, and, and you begin to doubt. She died from um, complications from a car accident, and, and I didn't understand. Because in my mind, like, she was a good person. And seriously, I, I remember thinking, God, the heck? Carol's a, a great person. And everybody watching has probably had this thought. God, if you wanted to kill somebody, I've got a list, man. We could start at the top. Like, there's some bad people in the world. But God, why would you take somebody good? God, why would you allow this to happen? And I remember legitimately wrestling with that and having legitimate conversations and asking questions in a church environment. And that time, I, um, I was finishing up, like, Bible college and, and having this, th these, these, these conversations in seminary with people like, hey, if God, if God loves me, if God is good to me, then why in the world would God do this? And, and you know what I was told? You know what I was told? Same thing you've been told. Don't ask God questions. Don't ask God questions. You don't ask God questions. When you ask God questions, God gets mad. And, and you, you know what I've discovered over the years? If I'm following a God who can't handle questions, what kind of God am I following? S seriously. See, I want you to know something. I want you to understand something. I told you week one of this series that God can handle your questions. God's not scared of your questions. God's not intimidated by your questions. God's not in heaven going, ah, oh, man, I, you know, dang, like, that's a great, like, I just don't, let me go ask the angels, and I'll get right back to you on that. God's not worried. He's not, if you've got questions about God or, or for God, go ahead and ask them. Besides, if you're thinking them, it's not like he doesn't know, right? It's not like he doesn't already know what's going on. But we doubt, and we doubt God, and we, got, and we doubt God's love, we doubt God's promises, and we doubt God's plans. Things happen all to all of us, all the time, that cause us to doubt God's plans. And I've discovered, I've discovered that in the church world, there is some serious doubt. There's some serious doubt about the love of God, or the mercy of God, or the plans of God, because of the events that have changed our plans. For example, like a miscarriage. There are couples watching that have had a miscarriage, two miscarriages, or maybe three miscarriages, and, and that'll cause you to doubt the love of God. That'll cause you to doubt the plans of God, right? A divorce will cause you to doubt the love and the plans and the goodness of God. An affair will cause you to doubt the love and the goodness and the plans of God. Getting fired from a job will cause you to doubt the goodness and the love and the plans of God. A rape or molestation will cause us to doubt the love and the goodness and the plans of God. But the thing that I've discovered, church, about grace is that grace is big enough to cover us even in the season of doubt. 
And if you're watching right now and you're doubting God's love and you're doubting God's goodness and you're doubting God's plans, but you're afraid to vocalize because you're afraid that the people in the church will beat you up, I just want you to know that this is a safe place. This is a safe place where you can express your doubt because the grace of God is bigger than the doubt that you're carrying with you right now. And I believe if you'll just hang in there, if you'll just hang in there, if you'll just hold on, then the test that you're going through will become part of your testimony one day in life. And you'll be able to say, I was there and I doubted, but God was good to me and he got me through it. And the best really is yet to come. There's a story in the Bible um, that I just absolutely love. It's a story where this dad um, brought this son to Jesus because his son was really, really, really sick. He, he was like demon-possessed, all right? And, and, and this story, um, the reason I love this is because, like, this story is my story. And, um, and what you're going to find out is it's probably your story, too. But they bring this little boy to Jesus, and it's in Mark chapter 9. And verse 20 says this, When the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. That's a problem, right? Like, that's, that's crazy. Look at this, verse 21. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. Watch this. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Have you? You ever prayed that prayer? God, if you could do something, if you could, like God, if you could do something, this would be a really great time for you to step in and supernaturally intervene. Like, like I remember going back to, to Mary's mom, I remember leaving the hospital and praying that prayer. God, would you heal her? Would you just, would you just heal her? Like, like we've all been there, right? God, if, God, if you're good, God, if you're mighty, God, if you could do something right here, this would be a great time, God, for you to step in and show everybody around that you're God. But, but I love this. This is verse, verse 23. I love this. If you can, you, you see this? You see the question mark right there? Like, this is Jesus talking back to him. If you can, like, like, see, like if you can, I think he smirked when he's like, if, if I, do you not know who I am? If you can, do you not know all the stuff that's been going, if you, if you can, anyway, that's how I read it. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. What, what did Jesus say was possible? What did he say? What, what did Jesus say was possible? Everything, everything is possible for one who believes. Everything. And guess what? Guess what's cool about everything? Everything <laughs> covers all of our circumstances. Everything means everything. Now, that's really, really, really cool. But that's not what I want to show you. I want to show you this next verse because this next verse is awesome. Watch this. Verse 24. Immediately, the boy's father explained, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. This is like a bipolar prayer right here. Like, I believe. I'm not sure. I believe. I'm not sure. I believe. I'm not sure. Right? Like, like going back and forth. Do you, do you see that? And listen, listen, listen. This is my prayer. And, and, and maybe, maybe you, you turned on today to, to Central Church to understand that, that this prayer is okay. God, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time believing that you're good right now. So God, show me that you are good. 
God, help me believe that you are good. God, I'm having a hard time believing that you love me right now. So God, help me to believe that you love me. God, I'm having a hard time believing in your plans right now. So God, help me to see that your plans are greater than my plan. Do, do you see this? Like that's what's going on in this text. This is, this is so awesome. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And, and I just want you to understand today that grace If you're going through a tough time where you're having a hard time believing the love and the goodness and the mercy and the plans of God, that grace, grace is big enough to carry us through our times of unbelief. It's okay. It's okay. You will get through this. You'll get through this. You will get through this because grace carries us from where we are to where God wants us to be every single time. Number two. Grace reminds us that we're not alone. Grace reminds us that we are not alone. God loves us. He's going to cover us. He's always with us. When I was a kid, I had one of those dads who just loved, loved, loved to scare you. I don't know if you had that dad, uh, but I had that dad. I'm still freaked out to this day. It has caused like major damage to me. Um, That's probably why I love to scare my kids so much, and other people. Like, honestly, I love scaring my kids. I love scaring other people, but uh, I I don't like being scared. I I don't. I don't like when you do it to me. Um, I like to dish it out, but I can't take it. Um, My dad used to scare me, and and, and because of that, I didn't like to be by myself. I used to have friends come over. I used to love to have friends come over because I figured if the thing came out from under my bed, it would, like, get them first, and I could just run out of the room, and I could be safe. (laughs) So... So I hated, I hated being alone, and, and I, I didn't like it. And to, to this day, it's kind of the same. Like, like, I hate being alone. However, I love me some me time. Anybody else? I, I, I love being by myself. I, I, don't like to, I don't like to feel alone, all right? You, you know what I'm saying? I, I like to be left alone, but I don't like to feel alone. Um, one time, this is, this is kind of funny, uh, one time Mary and the kids uh, they were out of town, and I had to spend the weekend alone. Uh, now, you know me. You've heard me say this before. I'm not a scary movie fan. But if I'm flipping through the channels and one is on, for some stupid reason, I'll stop and watch it. Now, we don't have cable anymore because we can't just, like, flip through the stations or whatever. And so this hasn't happened for a long time. But it used to be, like, i just, like, stop and watch it. And then when it was over, I would turn every light in the house on and, and so this particular time I had started watching this movie and, and then I had this realization in the middle of it I'm home alone I'm here all by myself <laughs> do you know how loud your house is at night when nobody's there do, do you know like do you know how you can hear everything man and I'm getting freaked out I started calling friends like hey you want to come over and build a fort in the living room and they're like no freak I, I, I'm not just just kidding but but I'm laying in bed this is a true story I'm laying in bed and, and I look over and Mary had ironed one of my shirts to use for Sunday morning church and she kind of she hung it there's like a section on our wall or a room she she not a closet not that section she she hung it up and, and it was just like on the wall and, and I'm looking over at this shirt and this shirt's looking at me and I'm looking at this shirt and this shirt's looking at me and after about three minutes the shirt said how you doing and I'm like Mom! 
ah, pulled the covers up over. I swear I heard it. And so I got up, and I'm checking the whole house. And you always check the shower first, right? Because for some reason, mass murderers have to take a shower before they kill you, right? And, and, I, and I, didn't, I didn't sleep good that night because, because I felt alone. Now, now, what's the point? Here's the point. Nobody watching right now loves feeling alone. I didn't say you don't like to be alone because some of us are introverts and we like to go somewhere and read a book or, or whatever. I, I'm saying that none of us like to feel alone. So don't miss us. Don't miss us. Mary. Mary doubted the word of God. She doubted the plans of God. Jesus said, I'm coming back to life. And she just did not believe it. We saw in verse 2 that she said, they've taken him somewhere. They have taken his body somewhere. I mean, Mary doubted God, doubted his word, doubted his plans. And at some point, every single one of us have doubted the word of God, the plans of God. Now watch this. Don't miss this because it gets crazy. Mary, she runs into this room and she announces to Peter and John. Basically, she lets them know, hey, guys, hey, hey, this is what happens and I'm struggling. Like, I'm hurting. I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with this. And what do they do? Verse 3. So Peter and the other disciple, again, that's John, they started for the tomb. But were, both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. John's like, but I was faster. I was fat. Like, oh, it's cool. Mary, just, just picture this for a second. Mary walks in, and she's crying. She's upset. And Peter and John look at each other, and they just run out. Let me ask you this question. In that moment, in that moment, in a moment of, of doubt and confusion and frustration and pain, in, in that moment when she's questioning God and God's plans, do you, feel, do you think she felt alone, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, Peter and John didn't even talk to Mary. They just bust out of the room, and, and there she is standing in all of her fear and all of her worry and all of her pain and all of her doubt, and all of a sudden it seems like nobody cares. And then look what happens in verse 5. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen laying there but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen laying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still laying in his place, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and he believed. But look at this, verse 9. This is huge. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. That, that's huge. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus arose from the dead. Have you ever seen something in the Bible and you didn't understand it? Yes, right? That's another message for another time. All of us have been there. Then look at this, verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Don't you feel sorry for this chick? Because she goes in the room, and they're like, Psh! and they're like, well, she's like, I guess, I guess they're going to go in the, in the tomb. And she gets to the tomb, and Peter and John are walking out of the tomb, and they're like, yeah, we just, we don't know. And they just leave her. They leave her at the tomb, and all of a sudden, she just loses it. She's outside of the tomb, and she's crying. And Peter and John, who were supposed to be there with her and for her and encourage her and support her, went, we don't know. We don't understand. You're on your own. And they just walked away. Now, the reason I want to point this out is because every single one of us has felt like that. Every one of us has felt like God doesn't understand me. And people don't care. God doesn't understand me, and people don't care. You ever felt that way? 
Because I have. God doesn't understand what I'm going through. And, and, and people, people just don't care. Have you ever walked into a room and announced you're hurting and people are like, man, yeah, I feel bad for you, and they just leave? You, you, you ever been around those people? Or you've been around Bible guy? You, you, you know who I'm talking about? Like the guy who's got a verse for everything you're going through? Hey, man, I'm, I'm really struggling right now. I'm really hurting. I'm going through a tough time. Well, the Bible says, brother, cast all your anxieties on him. <laughs> Can we just be really honest right now? Aren't there times you want to punch Bible guy in the throat? Like, like seriously. Because listen, you know that verse. Like, like, you know it. You know that verse forward, backwards. You know that verse in the Greek. You know it. But sometimes, right? Sometimes when you're doubting God's love and you're feeling all alone and you're questioning God's plans, that one little verse, that little scripture bomb, it didn't help you at all, did it? Mary. Mary felt all alone. And don't miss this. When we doubt God's love and we doubt God's plans and we feel all by ourselves, the very next step we usually take is a step into sin. We say, I doubt God loves me. I feel all alone. I doubt that he loves me. I doubt he's got greater plans for me. Now I'm going to go make choices that I'm going to regret for the rest of my life. Mary felt alone. Mary felt alone. Let's keep going. Verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. Once again, once again, is Mary expressing faith in God or doubt in God? Doubt, right? She doubts God's word. She doubts God's plan. She doubts whether or not Jesus is really back alive. How many times did Jesus say he was coming back? How many times did Jesus say on the third day he was going to raise from the dead? How many times? Five times. Five times, and she's doubting it. At this, she turned around, she saw Jesus standing there, but look at this, look at this. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. You know why she didn't realize it was Jesus? Because she wasn't looking for him. She was convinced that they had taken him. It's plain and simple. She didn't realize that Jesus was Jesus because she wasn't looking for him. And so see, sometimes, sometimes when we go through tough times, this is what I've learned. The question is not to ask, God, why am I going through this? It's, God, how can I see you in this? God, help me to recognize who you are. And so when you're in the middle of a season of doubt or worry or fear or confusion or disbelief and you feel like nobody cares about you, I, I just want you to hear this. God's grace reminds us that we are not alone because he loves you and he is always with you. And maybe you're watching and you're thinking, you know what? That doesn't do a whole lot for me, Ryan. I've got some doubts about the goodness of God. I've got some doubts about the love of God. I've got some doubts about the plans of God right now. And I'm having struggles because I feel all alone. I feel like he's abandoned me. I do feel like he's looked at me and said, dude, you're screwed. And here's what I want you to know. Today's Central Church is the safest place in the world to admit that you're struggling and that you're doubting. Because as a church, if you do that, listen to me. If you do that, we're not going to give you a theological lecture today. We're not going to yell at you and scream at you about what you're going through. We're going to take our arms and we're going to put them around you. Because this is a place of grace. And we understand that Jesus Christ is bigger than the doubt you're carrying right now. And we understand that you are not alone because see Mary 
Mary thought that she was all alone, and Jesus was there the entire time because he loved her, and he was always with her, and he had greater plans for her. Amen? All right? Number three. Number three. Grace allows us to fully see and understand the desire Jesus Christ has for each one of us. I know that one's really long. But grace allows us to fully see and understand the desire that Jesus has for each of us. Grace allows us to see that he really does have greater plans for us than we have for us. Uh, the other day, the other day I was going somewhere and I had Google Maps open. Like, I, I can't go anywhere without Google Maps. Seriously. Somebody could ask me, how you get to Walmart? Oh, what's the address? Give me the numbers, man. We're punching in. I'll show you how to get it. Because I, I, like, I'm directionally challenged. You tell me, hey, go over here and turn north. Like, I don't even know which way to turn north. I, like, I, I just, seriously, I don't. I, I don't. When I was a kid, my dad, I, going back to my dad, um, I remember my dad, we, he went into Kmart one time, and he bought this great big huge road atlas. Remember those things? Big atlas with all these maps and the streets and everything. Some of you don't even know what that was. But we would drive around, we would follow the map. If, he had, if I had to go somewhere in, like, downtown Indianapolis, like, he would give me a map, and he would, like, like a paper map, man, paper map. And I would have to try to follow that, the streets and everything. It's crazy. And then, and, and then MapQuest came out, and MapQuest was awesome because you could print out step-by-step instructions. I didn't go anywhere without papers of MapQuest, man, and it was the coolest thing ever. And then, then one time I was going on a trip. And somebody handed me a Garmin GPS unit. And I had never seen one before. This is like one of those things that had, had first come out. Like I was on a trip a long time, a couple years before this, and somebody had something on their phone that, that did it, and it was, it was kind of cool, but not really. It wasn't like a color map thing. And I was like, what does this do? And they're like, you plug it in your cigarette lighter, and you type in where you're going to go, and it just gets you there. And I was like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Does it work? And they're like, yeah, it works. I had never tried one. All right, so... So we landed, um, we got the rental car, I plugged this thing in, punched in the address of the hotel, and this British chick was on there. And she was really, really, really nice. Like when you put, when you put a British accent on somebody, that automatically just become the nicest person in the car, and, and their IQ goes up like 150 points. Automatically, right? And you just love them. And so I'm just like, man, this is so cool. And, but this is the first time that I'm using GPS myself, and, and I'm driving, and I'm supposed to turn, and, and you know how it is. Sometimes even today, it's not quite right, and you're like, is this the street? Is it the next street? And they're like, turn here, and you're like, is, it, is this the one? And, and you don't know, and so I went past the street, and the strangest thing happened when I passed the street. The lady didn't get mad at me. Now, now some of you have probably rode with people at times that will get mad at you if you miss a turn, right? And, and and she didn't get mad. She didn't say, hey, I want you to know that you're the worst driver in the world. Like, she didn't say that. She would say, Ryan, stop the car. Pull over, turn in your driver's license. Just do not drive ever because you're an idiot. No. You know what she said? You know what she, what did she say? What did she say? Recalculate. Reca- I had never seen that before. It was the coolest thing in the world. I was like, oh, my gosh. And all of a sudden, even though I missed a turn, she showed me how to get where I was supposed to go. Not by, don't, don't miss us, not by taking me back, but by taking me forward. It was, it was unreal. And today, I want you to know the reason that maybe you're going through that time of doubt or maybe you're going through that time of pain 
Or maybe you're going through that time of uncertainty or that time of hurt or maybe the, the reason you feel all alone and, and you're like, Jesus just doesn't want to do anything with me. He keeps dragging me back. No, 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 no. He ain't dragging you back. He ain't dragging you back. He's moving you forward. I have found personally in those times in my life, he recalculates me. He's just recalculating me to ultimately get me from where I am to where he wants me to be. Watch this, verse 14 again. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus, verse 15. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Even Jesus doesn't understand women, all right? That's just in the text, so I thought I'd bring it out there. If you don't understand women, you're just more like Jesus. Anyway, verse 15. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Now, at this point, Jesus could have gone off on her, right? You kidding me, Mary? Are you kidding me? I can't believe you doubted me. Do you not know who I am? I can't believe you've distrusted me. I can't believe you've doubted my word. I can't believe you doubt my plans. You're such an idiot. I'm so ashamed of you. Go to spiritual timeout. See, that's how some of us think that God talks to us. But, but look at this. Look what Jesus says. Verse 16, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus uses this entire event in her life to put her eyes back on him. And, and, then, and then watch what he does. Watch what he does, because I say this all the time. You can't meet Jesus and say the same. Look at this, verse 17. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Watch this. Go and said to my brothers and tell them. N- notice he does not say, go to those idiots. Go find those other fools and tell them what you have seen. Go, go to, those, go to those, those morons who didn't believe in me. No, 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 no. He says, go to my brothers and tell them, I, I'm, sending, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. So don't miss us. Mary doubted, right? Right? She doubted, she doubted God's goodness. She doubted God's love. She doubted God's faithfulness. She doubted God's plan. She felt all alone. And then in one encounter with Jesus, he recalculated her life. And, and, and don't miss us. And commissioned her to preach the gospel. That's grace. That's grace. That's grace. And the grace of God covers us in our doubt. And it covers us when we feel alone. And it reminds us that God loves us, is always with us, and has greater plans for us. And it allows us to see that Jesus' greatest desire in our life isn't for us to to change necessarily, to change anything. It's simply recalculate and move forward. I I, I love this in verse 18. and says this, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord, she told them. I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So her life was changed. Her life was changed in this encounter with Jesus. So listen, l- let me close out like this. If you're in that season of doubt or disbelief or frustration or confusion, hold on. Just hold on. Hold on. Because his grace is big enough to carry you in regards to what you're going through. I know it's tough, but in Jesus, because of his grace, the best is yet to come. Because listen, don't miss this and don't forget this. He loves you. He's always with you. And he has greater plans for you. Let's pray.